Hey mates, today's episode of the Little Dum Dum Club is sponsored by Punchline. Head to punchline.com.au for all your comedy DVD needs. And don't forget, we've got live shows coming up at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival every Monday night at the Town Hall at 8.30. We're doing our podcast absolutely live with three celebrity and old mate guests. So don't forget to come along and see that. Have a look at the Comedy Festival website for ticket details. And also you can see me, little Tommy Dasselow, in Pipsqueak in Brisbane, Melbourne and Sydney. Head to tommydasselow.com for more details. See you there, mates. Hey, mates. Welcome into the Little Dum Dum Club for another week. My name is Tommy Dasselow. Sitting opposite me, the other half of the show, Carl Chan. G'day, dickhead. Uh, You're sounding very sexy today. The eagle-eared listener will uh, notice that I'm a bit more dulcet than normal. It's a Husky. bit of uh, a bit husk. Uh, I went to the Golden Plains a little bit late uh, night. music festival over the weekend, so I've uh, absolutely shot my voice. Uh, you were performing then? That's your excuse? Is that what you're saying? You were the, There was a degree of performance to right. some of my behaviour. Right. Um, <laughs> one thing I saw that I enjoyed, uh, I was in the bathroom and I saw a bit oh. of graffiti on the wall that just said, fuck Alvin and the Chipmunks, which I think is an – like I like that as a thing that someone's decided to rail against. Yeah. They've, Don't, had a, they've had it too good for too long. You're looking at me like that's a really disappointing anecdote to come out of the music festival, but it is the one of about two things that I remember. No, I actually thought you were going to start doing gear on the show because you've, <laughs> you've got a routine that yeah. has got the first half of that. I'm like, man, you are running out of <laughs> things to talk about on this podcast. And I know how much of a fan you are of people doing gear on our podcast, yeah. people wedging in their stand-up. Yep, it's good. Um, big guest on the show today, someone we've been trying to get uh, in here for a long time and timing has finally worked out. You know him from the project and talking about your generation. Please welcome into the little dum-dum club, Charlie Pickering. Hey. Hey. So sorry, I just need to clarify, you don't like people doing gear. Because <laughs> I was actually just going to come on and go, hey, uh, what's your name? What do you do? <laughs> and, uh, and Tommy, yeah, what do you do? What do you, uh, I'm what a do student. You yeah, yeah, I'm... I got nothing. Oh, <laughs> I'm so not match fit. Oh. I, um, and when, when are tickets to your show available for the comedy festival? <laughs> they're, they're always available. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, go to, go to a website and, and they'll be available. And just to a website. That's yeah. how the internet works these days. <laughs> I find most websites end up linking back to my comedy right. page. That's, that's, that's my experience right. with the internet. Um, fuck Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. 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 So him and his mates, not why, just him. Why bring the other chipmunks into <laughs> yeah. this? Because Alvin's the troublemaker. Yeah, he's, he's the one a, that you should have a, a problem with. You know, Simon and Theodore, I mean, admittedly, they should have shown enough initiative long ago to go out on their own, Simon and Garfunkel style, <laughs> have some of their own albums. Yep. I, I'm sure Theodore's, you know, percussion-based hits would have been very good. <laughs> but, I, you know, do you know what I, I never liked about that? As a band name, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Right. Alvin's a fucking chipmunk. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's like, just the chipmunks. Yeah. It's not like he's. That's it's... that's what I hate about all those cartoons where it's like, oh, you know, Bugs Bunny, and it's like, well, your last name. What is everyone's last name? Bunny. Is that how it works? Like, yeah. does your last name have to be what you are? Oh, like, like Daffy should we, Duck. Should you be Charlie Human? Yeah. <laughs> that'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi. I'm Charlie Sex Beast. <laughs> Um, yeah, and this is Yosemite Redneck. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I like it. I think it's got a bit of the um, a bit of the sting in the police to it. You know what I mean? Like I think when they like yeah. the Chipmunks started as like a novelty recording thing, didn't it? Like it was just songs that yeah. was just the Chipmunks. Yeah. And yeah. then they, like there are people that refer to it as sting in the police, but it was never that. It was just. <laughs> Do you know the shit thing about that is started as just the Chipmunks, and yeah. people listen to it on the radio, and I'm. <laughs> I'll go on record. It's shit, all right? <laughs> it's not good. It should never have happened. It should never have sold fucking records. It should never have been played on the radio. But you know what it says that they became went from the chipmunks to Alvin and the chipmunks? That says people listened to that and then said, oh, I need more backstory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to know more about this band. I mean, how do they come together? How do they work in the studio? Well, it's largely Alvin's project. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. What, what happened can... was it was Diana, Diana Ross style. She stepped out. Alvin stepped out and went, went sideways to the manager and went, I want my name on the marquee. <laughs> Alvin's the diva of the, of the chipmunks. That's how it's happened. Man. I, um, are, they, are they reforming? Are they, oh, they came back. They yeah. did, they did they've got, reform. They've got the movies now, yeah. yeah. Chipwrecked, I believe, was the last Chipwrecked. one. Chipwrecked. Yeah, yeah. You see what they've done there. They get rats off on an island. And, uh, yeah. Rats off to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. How long? How how big would you need to get to try and manoeuvre a thing where it's like Charlie and the Project? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, that that's a while down the track. <laughs> Some pretty <laughs> seismic shifts would have to happen there. But it is I on the whiteboard. With it, like... <laughs> it's on my secret whiteboard. Like, there's a, we've actually got a whiteboard at work where we plan the whole show every day. Yeah. And it'd be funny if they, if if one day someone turned the whiteboard round and on the back <laughs> it was Charlie and the project and, and like and and I've sketched out in whiteboard marker a new desk layout where I'm actually sitting higher than everyone <laughs> yeah, else. You're on, a th- you're on a throne. No, yeah. no, no. Fusey and Carrie are like all of a sudden make part of a chair that you're sitting on. <laughs> <laughs> they carry you in every the yeah. start of every episode through a banner, Cle- yeah, Cleopatra style. Yeah. Um, what about Charlie and the discussions about each other's generations? Hey, that yeah, be another one. Yeah, that'd be good. Charlie and the other aged people. <laughs> um, Charlie in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm reticent, and I think everyone should be reticent to stick their own name on on show titles. I yeah. think I think you have to be. You have to be properly someone to do that, like Dave Letterman. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's and even then, it's not the Dave Letterman show. It's it's the Late Show with, with Dave Letterman. Yeah. Like he's a guest star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Even thirty years in. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, and you know, uh, the Tonight Show was always just the Tonight Show. Yeah, it was fucking Johnny Carson, but it was just it was the Tonight Show. Yeah, you know. But I, but I, I, I like that because I, I like the idea that with a show like that, that you can hand it off. To other people, you know, like yeah. Conan's new show, that when he leaves, it ends. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's. I like that. I, I, that inbuilt obsolescence is, yeah. is nice. <laughs> I, I like what's the your idea. Favorite, of... What's your favorite comedy show? I liked uh, Ricky Gervais and The Officers. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of Conan handing that off to someone, but yeah. then the next person has to be called Conan. Yeah. So you either find someone called Conan. All the, they have to change their name to Conan. Yeah. And then I, it's never spoken of again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always wondered if that would happen with Rove, whether he would just, you know, it'd be Rove you know, with whoever. Do you know, know I heard a rumour, like at once, it was like at one, it was like one, like roving Christmas party, once someone said to me this thing and I was like, I don't believe you, but this is a great rumour. And they said, yeah, Rove's leaving at the end of the year. But the show Rove is going to stay on. That's awesome. And someone else is like someone said it to me. That's so good. And I don't know why I think this, but I think the name Daniel McPherson was bandied <laughs> oh. around. And I don't know if this was just 
the drunkest lie in history. <laughs> but just someone did actually say to me, yeah, it's still going to be called Roe for Daniel McPherson. <laughs> and, and at the time I was going, I cannot, I cannot imagine how that would work. Like, I'm, I'm not, like Dan would do a great job of it. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know how you could have a show called someone's name and that person that, not be on it. It's like me taking over the McAuliffe program back on the ABC. <laughs> it doesn't work. It That'd simply awesome. doesn't work. There might be like there's a there's a comedy there's a weekly comedy show in New York that's called Gene Hackman and Friends, and at the start of every show they go, "Sorry, Gene Hackman couldn't be with us tonight," <laughs> and then just keep going. So, so maybe it's brilliant. like that. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. Maybe. Well, maybe that's that's possible. Yeah. That'd be a good conceit, and they just film a bunch of sketches. That's like every episode. It's like. Rove not being able to make it like he's stuck in traffic, yeah. just does a bunch of them and then that's the start of every episode. It'd, it'd be really funny with, you know, Gene Hackman and Friends. Yeah. If they'd written I've a, heard of that, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah I told you the just, story a minute ago. I, no, I was just saying that so we were back on that page because oh, right, right, yeah. Tommy had in, gone back to talking about Rove. Right. I decided that my idea, I was that's, done with that. And I wanted to move back. I was just getting the, getting it's, it's getting everyone on the same page. But oh, I'm with you. Gene Hackman makes a better story. Yeah, I get it. Absolutely. Yeah. More you're intriguing. You're welcome to use that last bit in your comedy festival show. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. But Gene Hackman and friends, it'd be funny if they wrote a bunch of purpose purpose-written sketches every week that were to feature Gene Hackman yeah. as Gene Hackman, but they always had, like, one of the floor crew standing in playing yeah. Gene Hackman, reading it from a script. Like, every week, it's like the Gene Hackman sketch. And it's like reliving great moments from his films such as Hoosiers, yep. right? <laughs> and so one of, the, one of the guys from the floor crew was playing, like, a basketball coach in Indiana. And, like, and, and the sketch doesn't work, and it's awkward, but it bec- that becomes the joke week yeah. by week. That'd be great. No one would make it, but I think <laughs> yeah. that'd be great. I, that's an interesting thing, though, like being able to just use someone else's name for your show. Like, can yeah. you, you know, like if they've never been involved, like if we change the name of this podcast to The Charlie Pickering Show yeah. with Tommy and Carl, surely you'd, you'd step in and you'd make some kind of, you know. Depends on the quality of the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, like from what you've seen so far. Well, <laughs> it's, it shows more preparation than my current comedy festival show. <laughs> oh, it's so far you, you're bolstering my brand. But I, um, uh, now, it's funny. I'll tell you one of the funniest, as far as like name-checking someone, uh, one of the funniest things I've ever seen was actually on Letterman, and, and they had the guy, like, jazz singer Lou Rawls, yep. right? and they had a segment, right? and it was throughout. It was like, I think they did it for an entire week. But it was like two or three times in the show, they would cut to the dressing room and Lou Rawls would be in the dressing room. And he would just, Letterman would go, and in the dressing room tonight, of course, Lou Rawls. <laughs> As part of our segment, it's better to have Lou Rawls and not need him <laughs> than to need Lou Rawls and not have him. <laughs> Right, and you got no audio whatsoever from Lou Rawls. Yeah. It just cuts to him, and he's just waving in the in the dressing room. And so it was like he was on the show, but at no point did he do like they yeah. they just kept him there in a dressing room for a week. It was like a hostage situation. <laughs> it was like getting you know money and smoking it. You know, just burning it, yeah. just having something valuable and just putting it up in smoke. That's uh, it's, but it's a, a kind of abstract thinking that would never happen in Australian television. That's one of the, like, yeah. there's, there's actually a, a level of ingrained show business in the States that someone can say to Dave Letterman, hey, how funny would it be to have Lou Rawls in the dressing room for the whole week and you never interview him? Yeah. And they go, shit, that's funny. Let's do that. Yep. If you said that here, people wouldn't get it. Like, people just would not get it. You're going, hey, this week, I'm going to have Wilbur Wilde in the dressing room. <laughs> 
for the whole show. Like <laughs> every night of the week, already, and never, never have him on. Already, you're making Australia not sound that good. By yeah, this. <laughs> I was trying to. Th- I was just trying to think of jazz performance. James Morrison. You yeah, know, like, James Morrison. Yeah. Okay, we've got we've got Wendy Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you ever want to start a segment on the project Dasselow and Chandler in the dressing room, we yeah. don't really do that much. So we're we're happy to sign this contract yeah. right now and come on board. This podcast sounds a lot better with the sound down as well. So was, yeah, that would be funny. A segment called "This Is What a Podcast Looks Like." Yeah, and, and it's actually just footage of you guys in a studio recording a podcast with no audio because yeah. we haven't bought the audio. Yeah, oh, we haven't bought rights. Well, for it. no, you've bought it, but for your comedy festival yeah, show, that's so. right. <laughs> all content will go into my comedy festival show. Hey, so what I want to say was, um, uh, yeah, we've been trying for you for ages, which is, is lovely to, to finally have you. Um, now, what happens is, is that I usually, three, four, five times a week, I try and text you yes. to get you on the podcast yes, or to down to a gig or something like that. And I and you're always, and for whatever weird reason, something to do with you actually having a career or something, <laughs> you've got... You've got something better to do than come in and, and talk to us idiots. Now, um, what happened a couple of months ago, which I, I found quite funny, was that uh, out, of, out, of, out of nowhere, I got a text from you that said, hey, just weird text, uh, weird, weird, weird query, what's your address? And I went, oh, my address is this. And, and then I thought, oh, hang on, you know, because you'd, currently, you'd become engaged. Yes. And I went, oh, well, hey, that might be like an invite to maybe the engagement party. Yes. That would be nice. Yes. And then I just didn't think about it. And then three, four weeks went by and, and I went, oh, Oh, okay. Well, maybe that wasn't for that. Oh, okay. And then I started realizing that other things weren't t- turning up to my mailbox. And we found out that people had started to steal our mail for some reason. Are you serious? Yeah. Because there were, there were like baby showers and birthday parties that people were like, how come you didn't rock up? I'm like, we sent you the invite. Like, we didn't get anything. We That's didn't... really like what would have been really funny is if like some dude I've never met before rocked up to the engagement <laughs> yeah, yeah. going, hi. Carl Chandler, love me. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, hang yeah, on a minute. Yeah. And you'll go, I think I have the necessary ID right here. Pull out the invite. <laughs> yeah, so who that, steals mail? I don't like, know. I don't know. Well, that's that's what, what do you get in mail that is worth stealing ever? Is it just some it's guy just stealing bills. everything, hoping that eventually there'll be a birthday card from an auntie with fifty yeah. bucks in it or something? Yeah, just, it it's a it's a numbers game. If you steal enough letters, yeah. eventually you'll get a check. Yeah, because what good comes in the mail anymore? Yeah, nothing good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that's what happened. <laughs> Some guy literally driving past on the street in a Ferrari, <laughs> right, with with a with a personalised number plate L T R C R K letter crook, right, <laughs> and 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 he's actually like we're mocking him, right, but he does this on such a scale, yeah. That across everyone's birthdays, he's pocketing a fortune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, what are you doing that for? You got a Ferrari? How do you think I fucking got it? <laughs> Tax free, bitches. <laughs> yeah, you don't buy a Ferrari. Fucking just opening your own mail, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Selling catalogs and such. Yeah, um, shit. So that's what happened, right? And then it got to like three, four weeks in, and I went, oh. Oh, now, this is a really weird position to be in because I can't say to you, hey, you know how you probably invited me to your engagement party? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but I'd also the flip side was I don't want to not turn up and have you look out to 200 people and, and go, well, I can clearly, clearly see Chandler's missing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bump his podcast back another two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't dangle a podcast appearance <laughs> as a as a carrot of friendship. All right, I don't, that's that's not how I operate. I don't I don't 
consider my presence on this podcast to be of such value <laughs> that it should that it should initiate like good friendly behaviour between two people. That doesn't make any oh, sense. Yeah. So you're not like Santa of podcasts. No, <laughs> this is, no. And, how this and, works? And, and that makes it sound like I'm training you like a dog. <laughs> Just going, oh, who wants a treat? Who wants a treat? Who wants me on the podcast? Who wants me on the podcast? But I, I, the, the thing is, it played out relatively well, painlessly. Well, well, what happened we had, was, the, we had the intervention from a mutual friend. Yes, I asked Danny McGinley, a friend of the show and friend of yours, and uh, I said to him, this is going to sound very weird, but here's the situation. <laughs> You're not in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, but can you somehow find out... Yeah if maybe I'm on the invite list or whatever. So he said, yeah, no worries. I'm going to go over to their house uh, tomorrow. When they're not looking, I'm going to, you know, have a look on the invite list or whatever. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm going to go through, yeah. go through everything. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. He told me that's how it was going to work. So I'm like, that's fine. But and then you're he, sitting he, does there waiting, have a, like... he does actually have a key to my house, but I don't think he's ever gone through my shit. <laughs> this I is, don't this... think that's ever happened. I was watching the Marble Rye episode of Seinfeld last night. This is genuinely like the exact same thing. Like yeah. I'm trying to sneak the loaf of bread into the house. Yeah, but that, that's the way he told me it was going to play out. And then I find out later, oh, no, he just went up and said... Did you invite Chandler or what? Yeah. I'm like, oh, sweet, sweet, yeah. sweet trick. But it, it, the thing was, we there were um, safeguards in place. Uh, there are systems, right. uh, and so it got. To, it did get to the point, and it literally two days after Danny had said, "Oh, have you invited Chandler?" Yeah. Like, like it was like two days after that was when we were going to hit everyone that hadn't RSVP'd yet. Ah, we right. Were, we texted or called or emailed everyone right. to check that they got the invitation. Good. And if they had the invitation, why they were such rude cunts. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and cancel their invitations. And, uh, <laughs> and their podcast appearances. And, yeah, and, 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 and say if they ever want me on their podcast. I, I, I love the idea of aunts and uncles, like relatives, friends of the family <laughs> that all have podcasts. And it's where they say shit they couldn't get away with at family reunions. <laughs> and they've really wanted me to come on their podcast for quite a while. But they've got, they've got to show up to the engagement first. Well, this is this is how weird it is at, at my apartment block. So that that is consciously, like now, I, I consciously go out there when I think the mailman's just been, just to get the, the, the first go at the mailbox oh, before wow. the, the hoon in the Ferrari rocks by, before Letter Crook <laughs> Letter turns Letter up. Letter Crook. <laughs> before he turns up. Um, so... What also? There's like some old weird women um, that live there. That you yeah. know, their their only thing to do is to look at what's going on in the apartment block and whatever. Yeah. So they're very conscientious of, of of what's going on and who's doing the wrong thing and stuff. And they're very accusatory. So whenever anything happens, because I'm like a one of the younger people in the apartment block, they'll sort of go me straight away for it. Like there's like some huge stove that's been left out in the driveway, and they're like. Oh. So, got any new stoves lately or anything like that? I'm like, <laughs> I was like, no, that's not my old stove. Old okay. stovey oh. channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. And then the other day, someone, one of them, um, um, someone had clearly left out like a, an empty box that came with a, a, a new laser printer, and they stuck it on my doorstep. <laughs> And with a note on it saying, oh. how about ripping the box up instead of making someone else do it? And I'm like, that's not my printer. But they just went, oh, I'm a young guy. He's probably printing things out on the computer. <laughs> he looks like he's got some uh, some words that he needs existing other than the internet. Wow. Have you... um. Like, have you done something to, to really piss off everyone in your apartment? Like, it sounds to me like they are 
having meetings yeah. and organising going, right, he's the one, right? Maybe this happened to the previous occupant of your flat as well. They turned on yeah. that occupant yeah. as well. But now they're, like the they're, stealing, horror. they're stealing your mail just to fuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> they're just putting printer boxes and shit on your doors. Yeah. Ma- that oven... They they actually had to go and get that oven from Vinny's, yeah. right? From out the front of a Vinny's, someone had dumped it, and they dragged it all the way back to the apartment to put it there to blame you. And for they tried it. to frame. They put like a lasagna in there. That's your favourite meal, Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's um yeah no well maybe because and you were like bullshit lady. That's Garfield's favourite meal. <laughs> Check, take, mate. Take it up with John. Yeah. yeah. You do hate Mondays, though, so I can yeah, see how they're yeah, yeah, yeah. mistake. Yeah, no. Well, the only thing I've done is I've got, I've said on the show before, I literally have got letters in the mail that they have gussied up to look like they've been sent in the mail, but they haven't. They've just stuck a stamp on there. Didn't stamp it, though, you know. They just put a, a 45 cent stamp like put no in the postmark. mailbox. Yeah, no postmark. Yeah. And then put a, a like a legal, uh, a legal letter <laughs> saying. Um, there are laws in place to stop you from hanging your clothes from the rail on your balcony, which I've never done. But they keep sending me letters about that, saying legal action will happen if your, um, you know, uh, cardigans keep getting hung up on the rail. Can I say you do dress exclusively in clothing that has giant swastikas on it? So I can <laughs> sort of see their complaint with that one. Yeah, it's no, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I keep telling these stories, and I. F- when they come out of my mouth, then I go, why am I still living there? <laughs> yeah, like, these are all great reasons to move. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend to, actually hates the place, yeah, and I keep yeah. going, no, no, it's all right. So, I don't know why. You, it's possible, without knowing it, you are the neighbour from hell. Yeah. <laughs> and you actually just don't re- Like in a Tyler Durden yeah, fight yes. club sort of fugue, turns out your other personality... Always fucking getting new ovens and yeah, shit. Yeah. Always, <laughs> Always throwing out stuff, my own mail. <laughs> hanging stuff on the balcony. Yeah. And then and then quickly tidying it away before you snap out of your your, your split personality. But we are really not the worst. There's there's a there's a house of Indian people. Oh yeah. Now that's not racist. Here we go. That's I've just stated that's, a race. Sorry, no, sorry. Was... Everything up until this point <laughs> yeah. made up. Yeah. Everything was fictional <laughs> Two up until this person. <laughs> Do you know what? You know what? You've got your laptop here on the screen. It just says, "Say what I hate about the Asian family in our apartment." <laughs> it, was... it actually just says, "Wail on Indians." That's all it says yeah. on your. On your computer, yeah. and you're We're like, no, not... no, no, I can't go straight in with that. Yeah. We're not even the worst. <laughs> no, uh, no, but what they do is... This, they... You know, you were saying there's never been an outrage about something that's been said on a podcast. Oh, this could be the moment. This is it. This is going no, but there won't is... be an outrage because the Herald Sun will pick it up and just go with it. They'll be like, <laughs> yeah, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, but but any of your any of your listeners, listeners in Bangalore are going to... They're going to protest. Who knows? Who knows? We do have uh, one in, in, in many of the countries in our world, so... Uh, wow. Um, yeah, what they do is they have these crazy parties until midnight or whatever, right next to our... Midnight? Are you insane? No, but like... <laughs> Who can stay up till midnight? Oh, oh over here. Weeknight. The witching hour. On, on a weeknight? On You're a weeknight. You're a fucking stand-up comedian. <laughs> no, but my girlfriend. It's my girlfriend. You don't start work till nine. It's my girlfriend. I'm thinking of her as I always do. Yeah. <laughs> and they have these crazy parties and my girlfriend's... <laughs> Gets really mad, and then she goes, "You should be going out to, you know, tell them to shut up." Or oh, whatever. you can't be that guy. No, I know that's awful. But then I see them during the day, and I oh. go, "Man, uh, are you going to have one of those parties again, or whatever?" And they go, "Yeah, I've got the day off tomorrow. How good's getting drunk?" <laughs> <laughs> How old are these guys? Like, oh, like twenty, I reckon. Wow. Yeah. 
And it's fun. Um, I might pop around one time. What do you um? What do you think they eat? What's their favourite food? <laughs> <laughs> Lasagna. It was their stove. It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting that this comes up because I've got sort of neighbour issues and and house issues in general at the moment. Uh, I raised a few weeks ago about uh, my housemate uh, has a couple of times parked out the front of the house next to us. And then our neighbour put a note yeah. on her windscreen saying, can you please not park in front of our house? Because that's really annoying. Yeah. And that's that's not a thing. That's no, not, no, it is not a thing. That's not a courtesy. That, it's happens, not a law. that happens in my street as well. Mm-hmm. Like I've got really awesome neighbours on one side and then on the other side of them, there's like the sad house. Right? Yeah. And it's like <laughs> the sounds of fighting that come out of that house constantly. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and it's a bit bleak. Uh, but they get very angry if you park your car out the front of the house, but like viciously, like yeah, really right. full on. But the thing is, you kind of don't want to mess with them because you've heard the way they turn on their own. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like you've heard Fair the enough. way that yeah. they yell at each other and you go, I don't want to F with that. Yeah. Are these guys Indians too? <laughs> no. What are you, what are you talking about? Oh no. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of go the other way, like with something like that where I go, even if it gets to the absolute breaking point of this, you can't do anything about this. You can't call the council. You can't call the cops. Nothing will happen. So I've, me and my housemate have now been making a concerted effort to just park there where, whenever we can. You're trying to desensitise them over time. Exactly. And there is heaps of parking in our street too. It is never hard to get a parking in our street. But last night... I went out to get in my car to go to the supermarket. My housemate had parked in front of the neighbor's house. The neighbor has parked her car, double parked her car next to my housemate's car. So she's like boxed her in. Oh, yeah. See, that's an illegal maneuver. Yeah. Call the cops. She's yeah. gone nuclear on it. Yeah. No, call the cops. In that situation, <laughs> call the fucking police, right? Because they've broken the law. Seems so and do you know the great now. thing about that? Do you know the great thing about that? They are going to go, yeah, but they keep parking in front of my house. Yeah. And then you get a policeman <laughs> to say, that's not a thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get the book of laws. <laughs> Nothing in there. Right? I hear what you're saying. It's probably just easy to start stealing your mail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but do you know, do you know what? Like Put you're a saying, printer box on her doorstep. <laughs> fix her right up. Yeah. You know what you're saying? Though? Like going, oh, look, it's not a thing. We're just going to keep raising the stakes. I'm going to deliberately park out the front of there. Yeah. That that is the that is the conflict resolution approach of someone who doesn't have a pet, right? yeah. Because uh, I've got dogs yeah. who are my children, uh-huh. and any neighbourhood disputes, I have to temper my actions with the with the thought that well, they could hurt my dogs. Yeah, yeah and and, and, right. and it's genuinely like if you you don't know which neighbour uh-huh. is going to be like you know you get them angry and they go all right well yeah. Your dog's going to die. What yep. a terrifying dystopian world you live in. <laughs> I used to live I I, 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 that. That happens. But maybe it happened more in like the depression. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> did you, a, did you grow a, up in a comic book or? Yeah. Have, Hi, have I'm Ginger Meg. <laughs> but you yeah, like you know when that's going to happen because there'll just be a license plate on a car out the front of your house that just says dog crook on it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, the, if that's there, you just take your dog into protective custody. And, and if they come along with a bag with like four X's on it, you know not to let your dog yeah. eat that. Don't eat that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I used to live next door to this house. I moved into this place in Abbotsford, and there was this huge house next door that sort of looked like a dilapidated house or whatever. But the more I lived there, you just went, oh, man, this place is either haunted or it's a meth lab because no one would ever go in, and you'd never see anyone go in, you'd never see anyone go out. It was like Charlie and the meth factory. Yeah. And there would be... By By that logic... North Korea is one big meth factory. Yeah. <laughs> but th- that was the thing. It looked completely abandoned. You would never see any lights go on apart from like at 3 a.m. 
and you'd see lights come on, and then there'd be German Shepherd guard dogs, and it's like people would go, "No, that's fine." I'm like, "Why do you have guard dogs yeah. if this is a if it's squatters or if it's just absolutely nothing happening?" No, in it's there? a it's a meth lab, yeah, um, or a hydroponic pot like plantation in yeah. the inside the house, and you've got two two choices in that situation. I mean, do you really have a problem with a meth lab? Are you are you ethically opposed to a meth lab? Yeah. If they or were... do you say mates' rights? Yeah. <laughs> if they were Indians running a meth lab, he'd have a problem with oh, it. But otherwise, because yeah. they'd be up till all hours partying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least, see the good thing about a good thing Clinking about your Anglo your Anglo meth lab. They're quiet. They keep to themselves. <laughs> At least, at least my girlfriend can get a good night's sleep before going to work tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Like on Breaking Bad, you never see anyone complaining about. Um, oh, I wish I knew the lead character's <laughs> name now. It's always a lot funnier when you when you, you know the details. In, of you're things. in over your head quickly yeah. on that one. And you just took one step in. Yep. It's like you're on a sandbar. Yep. And you took one step, and you're underwater. Going. Yep. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, has any anyone watched the Gilmore Girls? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, let's take a really quick break, and we will be back Why? with more little Dum Dum Club what, with Charlie Pickering. What, what happens in a break? Hang on, it's a podcast. What do you got ads? We have ads now. What do you? We do have ads. Really? Yeah. What are the ads for? For uh, Punchline DVD. You just listen, and you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> The Little Dum Dum Club is sponsored by Punchline Comedy. Head to punchline.com.au for all of your comedy DVD needs. Uh, at the moment, Carl, they're having a comedy festival sale. Uh, you can get your hands on uh, some of the best uh, comedy titles of people who are at the festival. Like who, Tommy? Like who? Like we planned it. <laughs> Charlie Murphy, Jim Brewer, Fiona O'Loughlin, Danny Boy, Sammy J, Eddie Ift, and much, much more. Oh, Sammy J, which one's there for him? What do you mean? Uh, Forest of Dreams. Oh, excellent. Yeah, show, award-winning show, show from a few years ago. Yep. Uh, as well as some... They've, they've done a comedy festival sale, and then they've just chucked in a few extra names that aren't in the festival just for kicks, yep. like Carl Barron, David Strassman, uh, <laughs> Arj Barker, and Jeff Dunham. Uh, so if you head over to punchline.com.au, you can get all of those great titles at a special discount rate. See you there, mates. We are back with more Little Dum Dum Club with a very confused Charlie Pickering. <laughs> you, you're on a I, show that has ads on it every night. This, this isn't yeah, the ad, by the and way. Ju- no, I know. <laughs> I know we just press stop and then press start again okay. immediately, but okay. this isn't the ad. Now that you've got sponsors. Yes. That that changes everything. <laughs> right, that changes the whole paradigm. The this is a podcast, you can say whatever you like. Yep. I know how it works with sponsors. Yeah. Right, it gets to the point where you can't say anything negative about punchline DVDs, can yeah. you, on the show? So all of a sudden this isn't the bastion of free speech that no, it was No, no, we've been saying negative things about some of their products in our ads for them. So oh really? We've been making we've been sure saying heaps of bad things about punchline DVDs like they're terrible. If you hate great stuff. <laughs> yeah. See? Nice. We can say what we how want. Very, how very Graham Kennedy of you. <laughs> um, I, I, do you know what, though? Just as a, like my suggestion for a podcast, do you have to throw to the ad? Yeah. I reckon, that's what I, I reckon think you too. just I reckon what you just do, right, is you start an anecdote, right, and you get up to a pretty interesting point. Oh. Like you just go, and then the guy fucking came over, and he's banging on my fucking, the guy from the meth lab yeah. comes over to my house <laughs> three in the morning, and he's banging on the door. Have you considered buying a DVD from Punchline DVDs? And if you're listening to it, you'll actually, you'll be slightly confused, 
that the ads just come out of nowhere. But the ad will be over before you know it, and then you just crack in. So anyway, he's banging on my door, right? And yeah. then, but and see, then it's like a sneaky ad. <laughs> but a see, sneaky what ad. I reckon, I reckon we shouldn't throw to the ad. I think it should be product placement. So I should have gone, yeah. So this methob guy. Anyway, I was so scared. I just stayed at home and watched Harley Breen's The Kingswood and I, available on Punchline DVD. I just watched that because it's so great. It took my mind off the murderers and, and drug makers. And I was laughing so hard that the Indians next door came over and told me to keep it down. <laughs> Um, on the I, ads, I laughed so yeah. hard I broke my oven and had to get a new one. I blew the glass out of my fucking oven, bitches. Can I just say quickly uh, on the we we did mention uh, we've been trying to get you in here for a while. You texted me yesterday when I was on the way back from Golden Plains saying yeah. uh, I'm running late. I'll be there soon. And I freaked out and thought, oh, have I organised this for a day that I'm actually not nah. in town? We had the conversation and, and and I you know you put the date into your iPhone. Yes. I put it. I, I accidentally put the wrong date in the iPhone. Yeah. that's what happened. And that's fine. I'm I'm shit house. <laughs> I'm shit house with dates and organisation. Oh, it's like my my great weakness. <laughs> that's why my current job is perfect. I just know I have to be at the same place at the same time. Every <laughs> it's actually night. confused you a little bit because it used to be called Seven PM Project, which is perfect. It's but complete. now it's the project. And you're like, what the? When I've do almost, I turn I've up? almost missed shows. Yeah, <laughs> that's why rocking you're in up the... at seven, John. <laughs> Where the fuck is everyone? Were you there before you came here today in the morning? Just thinking, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe it's now. <laughs> yeah. Is it now? That's why your uh, festival shows in the state it's in because you've put it in your phone in September. Yeah, you've got oh, months ago. It'll be great by then. Yeah. Look, uh, how dare you? Um... <laughs> no, this is what I want to say because I wrote back and said, hey. It's 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 actually tomorrow. Yeah. And you wrote back, Dole, sorry about that, which I thought the Dole was just taking the cross-promotion just <laughs> really too far. Well, I was, was going to go, you said it's tomorrow. I was going to go, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> That's not even your problem anymore. That's Channel 11, uh, not Channel 11. 10. That's so. 11, man. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. It'd be really good. Because you know, like I, I get to, I get to occasionally do promotional stuff with other network stars. I hang out with you know Bondi vet Chris Brown. Yep. Wouldn't it be nice to to do like a bit of a promo appearance with Mo Sislak? <laughs> 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 so uh, new new episodes of the project in The Simpsons. I'll go fuck yourself. Everybody. <laughs> um, oh, we were talking uh, house issues and stuff before this. Something uh, last night. Uh, me and my girlfriend are sitting around watching TV and uh, regular listeners will know I've been living in a house with my girlfriend and uh, a third uh, female housemate. Yeah. yeah, buddy. Banging. Yeah, <laughs> constantly. Uh, for, uh, we've been there for about a month and a half. Third housemate comes in last night. Oh, yeah. She's moving out. Oh, really? Yep, um, after a month and a half. She's, she's found another place. She's getting out. She's it's, found another place, so she's been doing groundwork yeah, for six weeks. Yeah, I, I mean, I never, I've, I've never been in a position where I've had a housemate move out on me. That's it's because awful. your mum and dad have never moved out on you, because <laughs> that's all you've ever lived with. <laughs> that has actually happened. Um, <laughs> that, that's, that, it's, it's. Are you it's really awful. hurt though, or are you hurt for comedic purposes of this anecdote? Well, are you, <laughs> like, don't don't get me wrong. I I think you've come in, you've you've raised your volume, you've raised the stakes, you've slammed the table. I think at one point. Like, don't get me wrong, it's it's great fodder for a chat on a podcast, but I'm I'm not sure I'd be that upset. I mean, you can't they, get away with that stuff on radio. Yeah, so it's, yeah, no, you've, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> exaggerated overreaction on radio. No, I'm, I'm... It's like, anyway, so the uh, the housemate came in uh, last night. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and uh, she wants to move out. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> Triple M. Now, um, uh, the housemate's come and, and and gone to move out, and he's gone. Brr, Ring up, secret sound, guys. What, what was that sound that my housemate made? Um, 
Um, was it some cornflakes? Was it was it a bit of felt touching another bit of felt? <laughs> um, but okay, so the housemate wants to move out. Do you know what? Like. You've you've been used from the start. I'll put it out there. All right, yeah, it feels that way. That feels like someone was like, well, I need something now, but I'm going to look for something better. But also, do you know what? Maybe it's a bit weird to live with, with a couple. Sure, yeah, it could I, be because you know what democracy is out that we know at that point. Yeah, it's two to one on every vote. But that's, that's unless exactly you're my point. unless you are fucking suicidal, <laughs> it is two to one on every vote. Well, you're I've, not going to you're not going to go two to one with the other housemate. Yeah, just yeah, going. Yeah. No, actually, yeah, we we should swap beds occasionally. What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. Well, I, 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 to be fair, I think we should wait to hear how her podcast this week turns out <laughs> to see what she's got against you. So well, it'd be funny like, if she she started her podcast just going. So I'm out of the shit house. <laughs> Because that's what it feels like. Because I mean, Carl, you've been to our house. It's it's a pretty nice house. It's nice and roomy. It's to be clean. fair, the one time I've been in there, you had the mattress in the backyard. So I, to, that's, that's my one impression of your house. That was a party. That's that, fair. That, that right. paints it. That paints it like a really fucking cool, <laughs> like, either derelict or like like an interesting house to live in. If there's a, <laughs> if there's a mattress in the back in the garden, it's like, yeah. why don't we take this outdoors? Yeah. yeah. Well, what, I mean, what it basically comes down to after sh- such a short period of time, and I, like I've been the third person in a house with a couple and I moved out because my room was really small and didn't have a window. This is like, it's, there's Are nothing. You're in a dungeon? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's nothing aesthetically bad about the house. So after that amount of time, it just has to come down to a personal thing where she doesn't like us. You yeah. know what I mean? There's no pretext that you can build in your head of, oh, you know, she might have an issue with, because there's nothing else in the house that you could fault. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like being, it feels like being dumped. It's like really yeah. like, are we that shit? Do you know what sort of situation she's moving into? Is she, she getting her own place? No, she's moving in with a couple of mates. Right. Is she living under a bridge? <laughs> Did you know her before this? No. Yeah, no. but she's so she's now moving in with people she knows. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fucking. Yeah, that's, that's all right. fine. You, we get you on never, fine. I thought no, we but you, fine. No, mate, but you, you never have to see her again, so. Yeah. Is this, like you, will, you will literally never see her again once she moves in. Yeah. Yeah. Is this all leading up for an Would advertisement? Would you and your girlfriend like to move in with us? <laughs> Are you putting it out there to listeners to move in? We know. <laughs> we know. Win a, win a habitat with uh, Tommy Daslight. Yeah, if you get just the so secret- you don't have to bother filling in the Gumtree online <laughs> exactly. form. Exactly. The prize for the secret sound this week is getting to live with me <laughs> for six months. Awesome. Yeah. Get to live rent free with Tommy Daslight. Oh yes, rent you, free. You will have to pay rent. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's much better. LMCD seven bucks. You'll also have to contribute to utilities. <laughs> we do the shopping on a Sunday, and you have to sleep in the backyard. <laughs> uh, Here is a thing that also happened last night. Um, got a phone call from friend of the show Tom Ballard. Yeah. Uh, who has just come back from doing a season at the Brisbane Comedy Festival, mm-hmm. which I am appearing at uh, in about a week, or maybe I will be there now by the time this is online. See, now that's how you do an ad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he calls up and he goes, oh, how you going? I'm like, yeah, you're fine. You know what's going on? He's like, oh, I just got back from Brisbane and um, just a review of my show uh, just sort of showed up in the Brisbane Times and I'm a bit disappointed because I thought the reviewer came on a good night and was sort of really looking forward to seeing the review and it's, it's sort of not great. Like she didn't really like the show and sort of called out a few things that I don't think are, are really fair comments on the show. And I'm like, Oh, it, it sucks, man. And in my head, I'm going, why have I gotten a call about this? Like I'm, I'm, I'm touched to feel like I'm considered as part of Tom Ballard's support network. You know, mm. this is, where's this going? You do work for the Brisbane Courier Mail though, don't yeah, exactly. you? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but then he goes, so, you know, I'm reading the review and you know, I'm feeling a bit down about it. And then I scroll down 
And in the review where there should be a picture of me, there's a picture of me little dickhead mate, Tommy Dasilo, just sitting there in the middle of Tom Ballard's review, just really? going, hey, everyone. <laughs> on, this is online. This is online. So and they've, they've gotten a Tommy Dasilo photo uh-huh. and thought it's a Tommy Ballard photo. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's all over the way. Like even you know, like before you go into the article, how there'll just be the tiny little yeah thing, yeah yeah, the yeah. Little, It's it's that. It's even in there. It's it's plastered all over the website. Me sitting there going, "Hey guys." By what? that logic, any fucking photo could have been uh, Tom Arnold yeah. could have been there. <laughs> yeah. Tom Brokaw. Yeah. Yeah. Brokaw. Bro- Tom Tom York. Tom York. Yeah. Well, that's now I'm waiting. I'm if I get reviewed by this paper in Brisbane, I'm just waiting to see what I'm what photo I'm going to get. Yeah. Suddenly, maybe I'll be Tom Green or something. Tom, Tom yeah. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Just a picture of Tom Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy. <laughs> I like that now you can put on your poster as seen in Tom Ballard's review. <laughs> yeah. It's but it's all it's awesome too because the very first like, first of all underneath the photo is the caption photo supplied, which is awesome because yeah, supplied by someone else. Yeah. And the first line of the review is. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> Not the caption. No. It should be the yeah, caption. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that I'm just now, there's a photo of me in like the stock images folder for the Brisbane Times and the idea that I might just start rocking up in random articles, like story about Joseph Conan, just there I am hanging out in the cafe, yeah. you know. You, you, like if, if you were to, while you're up in Brisbane doing your show there, Go on a rampage and kill 13 people. <laughs> They've got the photo ready to go. <laughs> or Tom Ballard cops the blame for it. <laughs> There's a photo of Tom Ballard. <laughs> yeah. Psycho- psychopath kills 13 in Brisbane. Tom Ballard, hello. Yeah. So Tom Tom rang you to say, to give you the heads up? He just rang me to tell me because he, he, it was funny because you could tell he was like quite torn about it in the way that he's disappointed with the review, but also... It's very funny that yeah. that's ended up that way. And I said, are you going to talk about that on radio? And he said, oh, I don't really want to publicize that I got a bad review. And I said, don't worry, I will do that for you <laughs> on our show. <laughs> it's, um, do you read your reviews? Do you, do you read your reviews of your shots? Um, yeah, because someone will say it's there, so you sort of got to. Interesting. I think. Because you're, you're a big campaigner for not reading Yeah, there's in no, general. There's, <laughs> Just don't read. <laughs> <laughs> where, where did reading ever get us? Um, uh, no, I, I don't see the point in reading reviews, and I, I just that's just from experience early on when I, you know, because you you start out and you you write these shows and you pour your life into them. Now I don't give a shit. I don't do any work. <laughs> but, but no, you 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 take it so seriously, and you think yep. this is this is it. This is my show. I, I yeah. painstakingly made this thing. I put all my life and my work into it. And you do it. You do your show, and you know whether or not the audience is getting it. You know that, like, yeah. and, you, and you know you'll have like your opening night's good, your second one's shit, and then it you, you you get it together, and over two or three weeks you go, yeah, this is this is a what a great experience this is D- doing this show that I care about. The audience is loving it. Yeah, you know, the, every night seventeen people are really into this show, <laughs> right? But you're in a really good place, and all a review can do is mess with your mind. Like either you read a review that says there's something not great about your show and the, and they might refer to one of your jokes that they don't like or a yeah. thing that you did and it means they'll every, print one of your jokes is yeah, what yeah. You mean. they yeah. kill that yeah. but also it means that every night when you get to that joke in your mind you're going yeah this joke isn't good enough or yeah. like you start to not that joke yeah, starts to yeah. not work because it's in your mind or if it says like your show's amazing you you get too arrogant like you you go yeah I'm I'm fucking comedy god you know yeah. and 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 I don't think any of that should be relevant to doing 
a comedy festival show. Like it should just be making people laugh. Yeah. Or if you're going to read them, the trick is to try and read it with a level of detachment. Like I think the first time, the first time you do a show where you know you've got a reviewer in and it's like one of the best shows you do and you still, the reviewer doesn't, you know, still gives you a bad review. Yeah. At that point, I think it's pretty easy to go, oh, well, this just doesn't matter. Like this is, yeah. this is irrelevant. This is just one person's opinion. And, and I find it funny just like what these guys think anyway, because I met uh, a journo in a bar one night during the festival after he'd given me a two and a half star review <laughs> and he, out of five, and he, <laughs> in case someone international listeners think that it's 10 stars, um, and he, I saw him and I thought, oh, well, this will be awkward. But it wasn't awkward because he just came up and he was like, hey, what's going on? So, and I'm like, yeah, not much. And he was like, yeah, so did you see the review? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, what'd you think? You know, I gave you, you know, gave you a pretty good, you know, two and a half. And I go, you realize that means five out of 10? Because <laughs> to me, five out of 10 means bad. And he was like, and it was just that look of, oh, I thought we were going to have this great conversation. And he just sort of went, oh, this guy could stab me. Yeah. He just turned around again. It's See, all of this, all of this is a product of what comes from reading reviews. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, it's, like, they don't matter. Like, yeah. and, and I, I say this, I once got a five-star review in the Independent in, in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. No. <laughs> End of story. And, no, but so what I else has happened no, with no, the got a five-star oh, no. review right? in the Independent in Edinburgh. Massive. I thought, I thought, fuck, that's great. And then, and that night, like I had a really small crowd. No yeah. one came. Yeah, it did yeah. nothing to, it did nothing to make people, go. like you would have to get three five-star reviews in different newspapers for it to make people come. And yeah. you'd have to get one star in every re- review for it to damage what, yeah. damage you, you know, your show or what's going to happen. I, they don't end up having an impact. What has an impact is people enjoying your show and telling other people they enjoyed the yeah. show. That's the only thing that works. You yeah. can get five stars and no one will come and it won't make a difference. And you can get one star and people will come yeah. to see it. I'm more tempted. I'm the, more tempted to see a one that's star the, show. For you know, sure. that's the flip side of it of how it just doesn't function, you know, yeah. as a thing. I hate the general public. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like isn't that weird though? Isn't that like a sad that's really sad that people go one star, fuck we've got to go. Yeah. Or, or no stars, as someone did about four years ago. There's so. one every year, isn't there? There's no, one... no, 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 because I think they put it like at, the, at a certain newspaper, there was a black ban on, they said, they said, don't give anyone no stars because obviously the person who got no stars complained. Right. Because um, really, in theory, okay, this is what would have to happen to get zero stars. You performed in the wrong venue. <laughs> Right, you you lit somehow. You were not in the advertised booked venue. Yeah, you were on the way to the gig, got confused, and performed the show in a McDonald's. <laughs> Two, you did it at the wrong time. Like like you you got lost. You wandered around three would that, hours. Would that up, really matter because hours. it's in the wrong venue anyway? See, but you know, but that's the thing. I, I I think if you performed it in a McDonald's but had the right starting time, right. you're probably still that's worthy of something. That's right. half a star. All right. You, you, not, you possibly performed it in a language other than the one advertised. Right. You maybe performed someone else's show. Yep. And you may be, like, I think... Like, for example, if it was you performing Hannah Gadsby's show about how hard it was to grow up as a lesbian in Tasmania. And I did the show in Arabic. <laughs> In 
the Smith Street McDonald's <laughs> in the drive-thru. And I was meant to be uh, at the Lower Town Hall. <laughs> yeah, I did. I performed and you did it, it at 8 o'clock instead of 8.15. Yeah, and I performed it into the microphone at the drive-thru. <laughs> I think that's where you, you go, do you know what? You literally got nothing right. Yeah. You got none of the elements that go into this show occurring. None of them happened. Yeah. But if you're in the right place yeah. at the right time, if nothing else, you can get half a star for being punctual. Is, yeah. that, the, is, that, the, but, is that the rule? Should that be the rule? But, but, I, don't th- I think zero stars literally says nothing happened. Yeah. I reckon you've got to but physically the funny... harm the reviewer in some way to get zero stars. Like, yeah. Just the give them a coat hanger on the way out. Everything that you just described having to happen to get zero stars, I reckon there are arts reviewers that would absolutely froth over that. Yeah. Oh, it was so edgy and groundbreaking. If Kitson did it. He yeah. was in a Macca's doing someone else's show in Arabic. It just really showed that <laughs> comedy you, can go anywhere and yeah. do anything. Did you hear about the DeAnthwood slide, slide <laughs> show? Yeah. <laughs> they were off their tits and they were in the Smith Street McDonald's <laughs> and they were doing stand-up about being a lesbian. <laughs> like, Although, yeah, yeah, it would have been a bit like, oh, I probably should have saved it for Fringe. Though, to be, to be it's more of a fringe. More fringe. It'll do well in it. Well it needed a director. Really needed a director. Yeah. Well worth its moose head, though. <laughs> uh, now, Charlie, we brought up uh, some of your credits, but there's a couple of things um, we haven't gotten to. Talking about your generation, uh, you've been a team captain on that for the uh, the four seasons that it's been on. Yep. And uh, here's a little bit of history for the listeners. I've mentioned before that I, at one point, was a writer on that show. Yes. You and I actually auditioned together. We did audition together for that show. To be team captains, yes. Gen Y and Gen X, respectively. And, um, uh, and, and that the audition consisted of being in a small room at a boutique hotel. Mm. This, has, this has fake agent porn audition written all over <laughs> it. Um, and... And they basically talked us through the concept and then showed us a very lacklustre PowerPoint presentation <laughs> where they just kept hitting spacebar to go through the questions and we'd have to play the game yeah. sort of against each other or as a team. Who I was, can't remember. Who was, who was baby boomers in this? There was no baby no, no boomer. One. It was just we, the two of us. We were meant, but it was meant to be separate, and then they put us together because it was like all running late. Yeah, and I remember thinking that was I would have hated doing that on my own. Like at least it was we because we could talk. We actually made jokes with each other. Yeah. Um, and it and and there was some chemistry. It would have been a really odd situation sitting there alone. It's a weird thing to make you audition for it in a way that is completely removed from what you would actually end up doing on the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're auditioning for this role in the new Mel Brooks movie. Just read out some Hamlet, you know? Like, that's not what you're going to end up doing. Yeah. What a terrible example. I, 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 no, see, you say that and I go, you know, he's come pretty close. He did He did to be or not to be yeah, was one so. of his, like, he kind of did a Shakespearean thing. Like... Just you disappoint me. Yeah, you disappoint me with that. So half the audition obviously went very well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, look, I, I thought I, I thought the whole thing went well. I would have I would have cast both of us. Oh, you stop know. it. Yeah. Uh, so you could have been talking in some weird Welsh accent right now if yeah. uh, the gods had been kinder. Yeah. How about that? Oh. Uh, I do remember coming out and you jokingly turning to me and going, thanks for fucking ruining it for me. And then you got the gig. So guess what I'm trying to say is you're very welcome. Um, <laughs> I forgot I did that. That's very funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, should put that in, you should put that in your festival show. You knew I was joking there. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Single tear. <laughs> um, here's something in, in your CV that I'm fascinated by that I wanted to talk about more than anything. You, at one point, were the host of TV's Cash Cat. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's Australia's only quiz show on wheels. <laughs> 
Was that on a poster? Was that on a billboard at some stage? I don't know if I ever. I I don't know if I ever actively promoted that. I I, I did it. I did. I launched it. I, I, I think you did because I remember sitting at the back of the comic Lounge one night and you told me it was on. So that was that was that was That's the only time I ever heard that of it. Was a promotion. Was that all of Foxtel's budget for the advertising for that show? Yeah. But, <laughs> what, do you know what Foxtel does? This is really having made a series for um, Foxtel before. And, and the and mansion, the, the mansion, TV's the mansion, TV's the mansion. It's the budget is so small for the show, and then when it comes time to publicise the show, they will spend almost the entire series budget on the promo. Because the way, they, the way they see it, most people aren't going to watch the show. But most people are going to see the fucking ads. Right. And so they want people who are paying for their, te- for their TV subscription to just always think, fuck, that looks good. Yeah, yeah. Like that ad. You know, like, and the yeah. ads for everything, the production values are through the roof. <laughs> and they're the most amazing ads ever. Yeah. And, and the shows are only going to disappoint you if you've seen the promo but it's all just to create the the idea that there's just so much stuff going on all the time on Foxtel yeah, and it's, yeah. it's just amazing I was impressed with that they had posters on the trams for about six months after it finished airing for the mansion like yeah yeah that's right yeah we were we were nowhere near coming back and they left the billboards <laughs> up we really appreciated it um <laughs> People say, oh, you got the show on Foxtel. You watch it? No, nah, but I've seen the tram. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I catch the 96. So. Yeah, yeah. So, Just have the show happen live on the tram. Yeah, well, that would have saved some money. <laughs> <laughs> who did Who did you replace as Cash Cab host? Um, Curly, James Curly, oh, right. who then took over from me again. He went off to make, he went to the 7 p.m. time slot on Channel 10 to make Taken Out. Oh, the, yes. You know, like the dating oh, show. Oh, right. So I took over from him and made Cash Cab, Australia's only quiz show on wheels. And, <laughs> and then, oddly enough, after Cash Cab... What was the mansion's tagline if that was the one for Cash Cab? Um, everyone's entitled to our opinion. Right. I think was what we... I think that was one that we... Damn, I thought you were going to make up something. But no, yeah. it was... <laughs> Australia's it was, only comedy show on a tram. <laughs> Too much concept to work. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's what I was looking for. Too much concept to actually work. Um, uh, suffered for a lack of studio audience. Um, <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice ads. Nice ads. Um, uh, where, 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 what was I saying? And, Cash uh, cab. And, and, then, and then we kind of swapped. Like I went over to... To do seven, well, I did like your gen. Then seven PM happened after that, and he went back to doing cash cab after that. You just kept this cash, the cab seat warm for him. You just kept the yeah. meter running. Yeah, <laughs> I, put, I put in that one of those beaded, beaded <laughs> seat things for my own comfort. It was actually, do you know, it was really funny. Like the funniest thing about it was they'd filmed in Sydney the first three seasons, and I took over season four. And they decided that people in Sydney were starting to know that this thing happened, so they said, "Right, we're going to film somewhere else." And I was like, "Melbourne, awesome, awesome. Melbourne. I yeah. know Melbourne." Great. And they go, we're going to film it in Perth. That's right. right. And they I flew, remember you telling me they, that. They, they flew me to Perth and we shot, because the budget was tiny, we shot like 20 episodes in eight days. Like, and it was nuts. I may as well have had a job as a cab driver, <laughs> right? I just, I, I was working like double shifts in the fucking cab to yeah. make this thing. Actually, don't you live next door to me? Yeah. <laughs> 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 but what happened was they go, all right, so you got, you got to pick them up and you're taking them to your destination and you spring the quiz on them and uh, you ask them questions and if they get three questions wrong, you kick them out of the cab, right? And if they get them right, they win a prize and that's all good. 
but I've got to fucking drive them around Perth, and I don't know where shit is, right? <laughs> so the whole time, I've got passengers like looking at each other, and they're not looking at each other like, how the fuck did we get into a quiz show? They're going, <laughs> why the fuck is he going this way? Yeah, yeah. Just going, you're like, this guy does not know where the Burswood Casino is. But they, the producers would like that, though, because that's distracting them from being able to answer the questions. They're not winning any prizes. Yeah. The show's saving yeah. money. No, all, all of your questions ads. were, where is the Burswood Casino? <laughs> that's right. Uh, question number two. What is the what is the Perways reference <laughs> map reference for the Burswood Casino? But the funny, the, the really funny thing is, is I had like an earpiece with a, a producer who was following in another car, who was feeding me questions, who also had to give me the directions to follow. Oh, that's to get great! There. But the first, but the first. First contestant I had in the cab, I'm driving along, right, and I'm going to ask them a question. They go, oh, sorry, can you repeat the question? And I literally, like, turn around to face them and ask them the question, and then I saw their faces look terrified, <laughs> and I looked up, and I realised I'd got driven into oncoming traffic, and I had to, like, swerve out of the way, and then it was just silence for about a minute in the, in the car, and, and this poor girl in the back just said, did, did you almost hit that car? And I was like... I'll be asking the questions. <laughs> if you don't shut up with the questions, you won't be winning this crisp $50 note. 50 bucks? Was there, was you there... could have bought an actual, you could have got an actual cab for that money. <laughs> was there, um, like, there would be, I'd imagine, because you're doing this mostly at night, uh, I'd imagine there would be some pretty great stuff on the cutting room floor of that show, like of just absolute yeah. chopped-ass people getting in your cab. Yeah, and there was some, there was some moments, like really... There was like, you've had quite a bit of cocaine, haven't you, sir? <laughs> like, you've really enjoyed yourself but, tonight. Yeah. And they are just getting really, uh, that's really weird. The, the lights just sort of flashed off and on. Yeah. yeah. As I had said, the magic word. Cocaine yeah. was the magic word. <laughs> and it all probably of a sudden, is in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and also like some people, you, you're like, you start joking with them and then they like, they they try to joke along and say something like blindingly racist. <laughs> like they'd say stuff like, oh, pretty happy to have you as a cab driver, mate, better than one of them packies. <laughs> and you're just going, what? <laughs> what? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you something about To be fair, I I'll was pretty stoked. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> sir, I will tell you something about those packies. They know where the fuck they are going. <laughs> I do not, sir. And I almost crashed once today. You do not want me driving this cab. Um... So six days, crash crash course, well, literally. Crash yeah. course. Do you actually have to do any, like, cab driver training or do they just throw you straight in? No, I just had to be able to drive a car. That was pretty much it. Because <laughs> I, think, I think the technicality was because no one was actually paying me to drive them anywhere. Right. I wasn't – whilst I was providing a cab-like service, I think legally it was equivalent to just – a real, an acquaintance giving you a lift somewhere. Yeah. So just but, driving a yellow car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is what I like. So say we're in South Melbourne now. Say Cash Cab picks me up from here and I ask to go to the Melbourne Museum and we get going. You ask me question number one. I flunk it. Do I just get the boot straight away out of the cab and then I'm left to find my own? Am I just left to my own devices? I can't remember. I think you have to get three questions wrong. Right. But at the point that I am out of the game, do I just get the boot from the cab immediately? Yeah, I left to go on a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> on a bridge. <laughs> really? On a fucking bridge. Was he at a tollway? <laughs> in like a and in like a kind of semi-industrial area. Like and it was it was like dusk, like things were closing. <laughs> like it was bleak. 
We that gave him a, we, the, the irony being we gave him a cab charge. Right. That was hilarious. <laughs> there should be like a city where half the cabs are real cabs and the other half are game shows. So it's like a roll of the dice where yeah. you never know. Yeah. Um, and one percent are serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> was it like how was he? Was he like was he like fine with that or was he just just bemused? Please. Just completely confused by the whole situation. I love someone just begging you, please. Please, please don't please leave just, me here. Please, please just, just take yeah, me yeah. back just to the not, city. Just not on the bridge. Just, please. Yeah. I'll well, put on a moustache. Can you drop me off just down, down there? Yeah. Well, yeah. well that, was, that was all before you didn't know what the what the largest mountain in New South Wales was. So <laughs> Mount Kosciuszko. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Well, guys, that does bring us to the end of the Little Dum Dum Club for another week. Charlie Pickering, thank you so much for yeah. joining us. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure, guys. You um, have got shows coming up at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Uh, yeah. Um, when does this come out? When's, when's this, when does this come uh, out? Probably next week, I next think. Next week, yep. Yeah. So you've just missed my Brisbane show, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the show's called uh, One Giant Leap, uh, and it's coming up uh, for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. It's got a great poster. I really yeah. like the poster. Oh, you like it's it? Awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah I... Um, I didn't do it. Um, <laughs> a guy did it, but yeah. uh, it's simple. Clang. Yeah. Name dropping. Um, <laughs> a guy. Yeah. I, th- I think it was Doody. I think it was. It was. It was I think it was Andrew it was, Dudson does it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, the Dude Half Meister. of anyone for tennis. Friend of the um, show. Uh, but the show, do you want to blur what the show's about? Do you want Please. an idea? Yeah, that's right. You didn't think do, I had would, anything, do you, did you? Do you want to yeah, blurb of what it's yeah. going to be about? This is, this is going to help a lot with the writing of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, uh, it's kind of the idea that. I think everything's a bit shit at the moment, and I think everyone thinks everything's a bit shit. And I, I think we need to remind ourselves that we walked on the fucking moon, yeah, right? And we need to stop and think about that more regularly than we do, because that's an amazing thing. But mm. my, my broader theory is that it's not amazing that we walked on the moon. That isn't the greatest achievement. The greatest achievement is we convinced a man to let us <laughs> make him walk on the yeah. moon. <laughs> like we convinced another human being to let us fling him to the moon. <laughs> like that is one of the greatest achievements of all time. And, and so that's basically my theory. Especially is, when it's like, oh, yeah, because Wobsy did it the other day. Yeah. No, Wobsy didn't do that's it the it, other day. That's the, Wobsy's the, never done it. The, um, uh, I'll test a bit of gear here. No, um, <laughs> no, but the idea, what blows me away is they just sat a guy down in a room and just said, we're pretty sure we can do this. We've done some big maths, <laughs> and been we're a, pretty sure we can do There's been this. a dog up there, so... <laughs> oh, he didn't land on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had a dog that went into space, didn't die long enough that we know yeah. that things can go into space and not die. Then he died. Yeah. <laughs> then, then the air ran out, yeah. and he's dead now. I like that. Didn't wasn't the story in Russia or whatever that yeah he came back and everything was fine and then lived to be fifty years old or something ridiculous. Like not only did they say no, he came back and he was fine, lived eight years and then that was see, it. Didn't see, he live like that, fifty years or something? I'm going to have to figure this out because I thought I thought the early animals they just sent him up and and then just. They did, yeah, but obviously they did. But the story they told Russia. Oh, like, they told Russia. They went, oh, no, he came back. Like, the dog's not dead. Like, that's yeah. not a good, a good page three story. It's yeah, and, like, no, and, he comes and, back. Yeah, he came back. Yeah. And he lived for 50 years. In a house and he made could, out of bones. And he, and he could talk. <laughs> yeah. And he used to say, I love Romanism. Romanism is excellent. That was five minutes, by the way, Charlie. So that's, you got some stuff there. That's, Bang! That's pretty good. There we go. There's um, the gala spot taken care of. Yeah. And the name of that guy on the moon was Neil Armstrong. 
Can I have 50 bucks in the lift home? <laughs> guys, thank you very much for listening. We've got our live shows coming up at the Melbourne Very, Social very Comedy soon. Festival. Guys, uh, get on board for tickets for that. Get on it. They, they are selling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, thanks very much for listening. Hit us up Facebook, Twitter, at Dum Dum Club. T-shirts. T-shirts. Email us, littledumdumclub at gmail.com. We're sending out some uh, freebie punchline DVDs with the T-shirts if you get in quick. And we will see you next time. See you, mates. You was my friend.